Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. everybody. Welcome to worship at Downtown Church. Jesus tells his disciples that whether two, where there are two or more are gathered, he is here as well. So it is good to be at worship with you all during the season of Christmas. Let us now rise and sing together the words of In the Bleak Midwinter. Frosty 
thirsted heart as I Water like a stone Snow had fallen, snow on snow Snow on snow on snow In the bleak Angels and archangels, they have gathered there. Cherubim and seraphim throng the air. But his mother only in her maiden bliss worship the something comical about singing about snow when it's 75 degrees outside. <laughs> but God still meets us in the bleak parts of our own lives, the parts that we'd rather not air out to the world, the parts where we are broken, where we sin, where we hurt one another, whether intentionally or unintentionally. So now let us come to God and be honest with one another, confident in God's grace saying together the words of the prayer of admission found in your program. Let us pray together. God, our biases and prejudices run deep. We do not hear those crying for justice and true peace. We ignore those who are suffering instead of standing with them. We deny the power of your gospel to unite us with those who are different from us. Lord, give us strength to make the hard choice to stand with the oppressed. Open us to new possibilities of life for all of your people and use us to radiate life unto your world. Amen. Be to 
Friends, hear the good news. We are forgiven. The gift that Christ gives us is forgiveness. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. So let us be forgiven. And with that, let us go and forgive others and live at peace with one another. Alleluia. Amen. I now invite the family of Emma Catherine Nance to come on stage for the sacrament of baptism. So Emma's parents, Jenny and David, are some of the um, new downtown church members who found us actually during COVID. It's pretty cool that um, even in the midst of the craziness of the world, the church continues to grow, and for that we rejoice. So this morning, Jenny and David Nance present their daughter, Emma Catherine Nance, to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today we proclaim boldly that Emma is a recipient of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God claims her as God's own, welcoming her into this family of faith and as a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. We are encouraged because at no stage of life are we truly ever separated from Christ and the bonds we have with one another. Emma, may you always remember that you are not alone. Your parents and this, your church family, and Christ are with you always. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. He said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. By this water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the body of Christ, which is the church, and joined in Christ's ministry of love and of peace and of justice. Let us remember with joy our own baptism as we celebrate this sacrament. So we've got some questions. First, to Ginny and David. Having heard these words, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, say, I do. Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach that faith to Emma? Will you? To the congregation, do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide, support, and nurture Emma? Nurture Emma Through words and actions, with love and prayer, will you encourage her to know and follow Christ and empower her to be a faithful member of the church? If so, say, we will. Let us pray. God, we know that this life is not always easy. To follow your son, to follow Christ, is to die alongside him. But to follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. When the world seems hard to Emma, 
when the church, when her parents, her friends and family mess up. We give thanks that you, O oh God, do not. We give thanks that your presence will not leave her, nor will it leave us. We thank you for this water of baptism. Let it seal your child and welcome her into your kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. All right, Emma, you want to come forward? You want to dip your hand in the water, feel how it feels? No, that's okay. It's just ordinary water, but what God does, it takes ordinary things, does extraordinary things with them, just like he's going to do with you. So Emma, oh wait, what is the Christian name of this child? Emma Catherine Nance, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Let us pray. Lord, uphold Emma by your Holy Spirit. Give her the spirit of goodness as she faces the issues of this world. The spirit of love towards all the strangers and new friends that she will encounter. The spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of joy, knowing that she is your image bearer, called to shed her uniquely beautiful light unto your world. Amen. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this lovely, special day. May the Holy Spirit fill this place as your cherished child, Emma Catherine Mays, has been baptized. She is your child and she knows it. Help her to continue seeing Christ in everyone and loving her neighbors as herself. Guide her to seek justice and love mercy and walk humbly with you, God. Help all of us here today to witness to our faith and model Christ's love as Emma Nance grows in your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Emma has been received into the one holy Catholic church through baptism. God has made her a member of the household of God to share with us as a priesthood of all believers. I encourage you following this time for holy interruption to greet and welcome the newly baptized as a child of God and our newest sister in Christ. Alleluia. Amen. It's now time for Holy Interruption. We'll come back in about five minutes, get some coffee, and uh, welcome the Nances as our newly baptized children. Amen. So our scripture on this first Sunday after Christmas comes from Matthew 2. It's in your program, and before you get nervous, I'm not going to read all of it, but I wanted to give you all some context to the uh, familiar story that we know as Jesus' birth. So I'm going to be skipping around, but here now... God's word to us from Matthew, beginning with chapter 2, verse 1. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, wise men, or magi, from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, 
so that I might also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up. He took the child and his mother by night, and they went to Egypt, and they remained there until the death of Herod. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and he killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. Friends, this is the word of God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The image of Christmas for me always goes back to the nativity scene. You know, the image of Mary and Joseph around the baby Jesus. Accompanying them were all the shepherds and wise men and animals that could be imagined. For some, the nativity might bring back memories of live nativities with children standing out in the cold surrounded by local farm animals. Luckily for me, my parents never signed me up to participate in something like that. But the memories that I think of are of all the different nativity sets arranged throughout my house, all very different looking. And they were arranged in each room of importance according to their visual appeal. So there was the one ordered from a nice catalog that my grandmother gave us, beautifully designed and intricate. Each porcelain character was wrapped in extravagant linens, the characters were even historically accurate with brown skin acknowledging the geographical location of the newborn Jesus. It was really nice. So this nativity scene had prime real estate in the dining room. And then there were a few that were a bit smaller, less detailed, probably bought at a yard sale or hand-me-downs. They were in the den or the kitchen. They were made of plastic, so they were durable and resilient, that I could use them as action figures as a child. They could be seen in the house, but they were never too in the way. And then there were the third tier nativities, the bad ones, usually the ones that I or one of my siblings created in art class. Abstract, poorly painted, and always missing a piece or two. You know, two wise men, sheep with no shepherds, Missing Mother Mary. Don't know how that birth would work out. 
But these would get tucked away in obscure places. And of all the nativity scenes in my house, not once have I seen one with an insecure King Herod far off on a throne. No scenes in my house depict the massacre of thousands of young children. And in all of them, Mary and Joseph are kneeling, patiently gazing at their newborn child, rather than on the run, fearfully fleeing to Egypt as refugees, like Scripture tells us. I say this because our memories can be somewhat selective. For example, I might choose to remember a failure of communication with my wife in certain ways that benefit me. Americans sometimes choose to remember our history in ways that minimize discomfort. And we Christians, for so long, have often chosen to remember Christmas as the picture of tranquility. I mean, we like to talk about Mary and Joseph finding the stable to give birth to Jesus in, yet we don't emphasize how they had to flee from it so quickly. And the way we choose to remember to glorify the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ as God in the flesh is of major importance to how we understand how God relates to us as people. So, a day after Christmas, it's time we complicate our understanding of Christmas. Not for the sake of making God difficult or out of reach, but simply to acknowledge that God is complicated. That our small brains will always fail to sit with any description of who God is entirely. And as a child, Christmas was the time of year when things were to be perfect. We got presents. Jesus was born, we sang the songs I knew the words to, and the songs tell us that Jesus didn't even cry. Pretty tranquil. Dinner was always delicious, the cousins would come into town, games would be played, it was fun. And as I've grown up, it still is fun, but I'm seeing the backside of Christmas. Realizing that maybe getting everyone together for Christmas Eve service really stressed my mom out. Or maybe that the dinner, as delicious as it was, required a ton of work and at least five separate trips to the grocery store. And those cousins and extended family, as fun as they were to play with, in a way exposed a bit of the fragile and complicated nature of relationships. Christmas is complicated. You look at the story of Mary and Joseph that I read today. Dawn emphasized this just two nights ago on Christmas Eve, that maybe God came into the world in such a complicated way because God wants all of us to be a part of this story. God wants the outsiders, the shepherds, the magi, the mail keeper, the mail carrier, the innkeeper, and the garbage man, and everyone under the sun to participate in Jesus' work. but the nativities of my house might be giving off a singular message as to what that story looked like. What I needed to hear as a child was something more authentic than a perfectly situated play where all the characters of the nativity were facing in one direction and perfectly looking at Jesus. 
What I needed to hear then and now is not that Jesus brings constant peace. I struggle hearing that every night, knowing Jesus brings a silent, holy night, because my nights are not all quiet and peaceful. Maybe you're with me. The message of Christmas and the incarnation of God in the flesh is not that where Jesus is, there is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no death, no darkness, and no despair. But rather, where there is pain, where there is darkness, where there is death, and where there is despair, that is exactly where Jesus comes to show up. In the chaos of a young mother existing in a patriarchal world, in the oppression of a Jewish family living under Roman empirical rule, in the confusion of a group of foreign priests who traveled far just to stand in awe of something inexplainable. That is where Jesus entered the world. And that is where Jesus continues to exist, dwelling within the least of us and the least parts of us that we would rather not bring to light. And that's okay. Because Christmas reminds us that Christ does just as well at dwelling in the dark as standing in the light. There are times in his gospel life when Jesus conquers, where Jesus goes and heals strangers, when he walks into temples and flips over tables, where he feeds thousands, and when he does not let death hold him back, rising from an empty tomb and ascends next to God, the Creator Almighty. But the scripture we read today reminds us that Jesus spends a good bit of time in fear, on the run, being bested by a Syrophoenician woman, exhausted, tired from preaching and in need of rest, hanging from a cross, humiliated and dependent on the grace and kindness of others. German theologian Jürgen Moltmann writes about the church. And his largest critique is that Christians only like to talk about the exalted and happy Jesus. And we ignore the humiliated and frightened one. And when we do this, we ignore the humiliated and frightened in our world. And the humiliated and desolate parts of our very own lives. It leads us to think that Jesus wants no part of ours or this world's brokenness when the gospel tells us that is exactly where Jesus will situate himself. Right in the middle of the mess of our lives. The good news is that Jesus was born into chaos. And scripture tells us that his first days and years were just as chaotic. They were dark. So what good news comes from this? What good news do we take on the last Sunday of 2021, which by all standards has been a pretty chaotic year? Well, we as believers in God's power and purpose know that God could have come into this world in any way. On a golden chariot, on wings of eagles, Jesus could have dropped down within clouds of fire accompanied by an army of angels. 
Yet God chose this strange path. God chose two vulnerable parents, nobodies, who were forced to walk a dangerous path, give birth in less than ideal circumstances, and in fear for their own life, be transformed to foreign refugees. So if your life right here, right now, doesn't feel like a perfectly designed nativity, that's okay. Because the actual nativity was pretty wild. It was pretty chaotic. I'm not asking you to throw away your peaceful nativity scenes or even your peaceful hopes surrounding Christmas. We must never cast out hope and we cling to the hope of Christ But I'm asking all of us to give ourselves grace when our lives feel more chaotic than they should be. And within the craziness of our own lives, we hold on to this epic story. The ending of this story that we read today is only the beginning of ours. That this frightened family returns from Egypt. Jesus, the newborn child who is fully dependent on his parents, will grow. And soon we will all be dependent on him, on his teachings, on his love, and on his ultimate salvific sacrifice, giving us a new way to live in the chaos of this world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Be alright with or without 
searching for Maybe I'm not searching anymore I don't need to be told what to do I don't need to be assured by you I don't need to pay the credit due No, there is none I don't need you to come back to me I don't need another memory I don't need to make the world see That I'm not crazy Cause I'm happy being me the most When I let what makes me happy go Finally learn what I need to know I am happier with nothing 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 Becca and Cody. Friends, will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for an opportunity to gather, for a church community as messy as they come. For family, God, we thank you. For friends who feel like family, God, we also thank you. We lift up your son, Jesus, today. That his vulnerable nature as a child might empower the vulnerable parts of us to do your work. We pray for our leaders today, God, local, national, and global. That 2022 might be a year of compassion, of love, and of flourishing for all of your children. Walk beside us, God, in the chaos of our lives, internal and external. Walk beside those who are alone, who are sick, who are afraid and frightened, God. Use us as your kingdom builders, as your hope spreaders, and give us resilience to not quit when loving is so hard. God, be with us now and be with us as we go out into your world this week and this year. And hear us as we pray together the prayer that your son, Jesus the Christ, taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I invite you to rise in body or spirit as we say the words that have been said for hundreds and thousands of years, affirming what we believe, saying the words of the Apostles' Creed as printed in your program. So downtown church, what is it that we believe? 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please stay standing as we sing together, Joy to the World. of his love. I love that song. In college, when my best friend's dad passed away from bone marrow cancer, Joy to the World was the final song played at his funeral. It was Gary's favorite hymn, and his family said that even though this is sad, there is still joy in this world. So I always think of that. Friends, Christmas is complicated. Luckily, Christ meets us within the chaos and shows us the wonders of his love. Let us do the same. And as you go out from this place, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds until we meet again. Friends, go in peace and Merry Christmas. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.